Good morning, friends. We are here at the end of 2022, a full year post-COVID. If you were to describe in one word what 2022 was for you, what would it be? Go ahead and type it in the chat. I suppose the ability to recall memories is entertaining and interesting, though I never considered it particularly valuable. But this year, as I studied the Bible, a pattern of remembrance embedded throughout all scripture and it emphasized itself from Genesis to Revelation. So I began implementing remembrance in my routine. It was an opportunity to rejoice and be grateful, to grieve and to hope, to be humbled and to be calmed. Typically, prayer, fasting, studying the word, and worship get all the focus. But remembrance also serves as an integral spiritual discipline. Today, we're looking at the story of the miracle crossover of the Israelites across the Jordan to enter the promised land after 40 years of journeying in the wilderness out from Egypt. If you have been to Israel, you, have, you would have noticed that the river Jordan is a rather tame and small river. Contrastingly, Joshua and his 50 lakh people faced a Jordan river that was in spate and was flooding. Scholars say that the river would have been at least 100 feet wide and deep enough to drown a 10-foot Goliath, specifically at that time. <clears throat> it was flood season the most dangerous time of the year to cross the river. God does some of his best work in flood season. When the waters are too high, when you feel like you will definitely drown, when the problem is too great, when the situation is beyond you, and when human capacity is at its lowest. Flood season. Only one person can get you out, and it can only be God. Flood season is a difficult season, but an, but an impeccable season for Almighty God to shine through and demonstrate who he is. God instructed Joshua to have the priests lead the entire camp into the water by carrying the Ark of the Covenant. No boats, no life jackets, even there was no makeshift bridge. All God wants to see is our step of faith and our complete trust in him. God wants us to take the first step into a flood season situation. You know, the Bible says, as soon as the souls of the priests touched the river, the waters parted and stood as a heap upstream. Miracle number one, God blocked the water from flowing. Miracle number two, and even more astounding, I would think, the Israelites walked on dry land. Even the soil wasn't wet from centuries of water flowing. God ensured the most effortless stroll across the river. The animals didn't have to strain themselves with the carts and carriage wheels facing no resistance. The Levites carrying the ark stood in the middle of the Jordan and the five million Israelites crossed over. The Lord again instructed Joshua to get a representative from each of the 12 tribes 
to carry a stone each out to the middle of the Jordan and carry it and build a memorial at the place where they would lodge for the night. As the twelve men went into the Jordan and carried a stone each on their shoulders, Joshua quickly gathered another twelve stones and he set up a memorial right in the middle of the Jordan. After all the Israelites crossed over, the Levites carrying the ark followed. And the moment the last Levite carrying the ark stepped into the river bank, the waters of the Jordan returned to its place and flooded as it was before. If you noticed, we see two sets of stones. We'll call them stones of remembrance. The memorial that Joshua set up in the middle of the Jordan are the first stones of remembrance. As the people crossed the river, they would have seen the memorial right there and it would have got etched in their memory. Once the waters came back to position, that memorial would not be seen. The first set of stones was specifically for the Israelites to, rem to remind them of what God had done for them and how far he had brought them over the past 40 years. The second set of stones are the, are the uh, stones of remembrance which the 12 men gathered and carried out from the Jordan to a place called Gilgal, where they stayed that night and built that memorial. These stones of remembrance were meant for the generations that would follow. Whenever they saw the memorial, they would be reminded of what God had done in the lives of their parents, grandparents, or forefathers as generations progressed and time progressed. They were also reminded that God wanted to do the same miracles and awesome things in their lives too. The memorial testified that God is relevant today as much he was yesterday. In our lives, we need to have stones of remembrance. We need to speak and hear stones of remembrance so we never forget God's goodness. We need to remind ourselves of where we are today versus where we used to be. We need to think we got here. We never need to think that we got here on our own effort, on our own efforts. You know, God knows that we are subject to forget. The word remember appears 148 times in the Bible. Let's say approximately 150. Do you know how many times the word love appears? 310 times. So for every two times the Bible talks about love, it, remi it reminds us to remember once. Every two times God says, I love you, he also says, remember what I have done for you. Even between human relationships, we easily forget. Especially us as children, we should never forget the investments our parents have made in us. God is pretty serious about us developing this, this, this discipline of remembrance. In Deuteronomy and throughout the Bible, we see it being repeated many times with the consequences if we don't. <clears throat> I'll read three verses to you. The first verse is a command. The second verse is a warning. And the third verse is a warning with consequences, all from Deuteronomy. Uh, you, I love to put my kids to sleep. So uh, that's the only time I usually get with them. 
but putting them to sleep can sometimes be very annoying so my first thing would be go to sleep a command and you know they wouldn't and then i would use another tactic at the count of 3 2 1 you should be sleeping like a last chance like a warning and you know what happens they still wouldn't sleep my children love uh, sleeping next to me one of them likes to rub my cheek another one likes to put her leg on me so my third one would be a, wa- a, a warning with a consequence i would tell them if you don't sleep i would have to go to sleep in another room and and, if, and you have to sleep on your own and promptly they would go to sleep so the three verses that i would like to share with you are deuteronomy 4:9 6:10 and 8:11 and 14 remembrance as a command deuteronomy 4:9 give yourself give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligent lest you forget don't forget the things your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life and teach them to your children and grandchildren lest you forget don't forget deuteronomy 6:10 remembrance as a warning when the lord brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers abraham isaac and jacob to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build houses filled with all good things that you did not fill wells you did not dig vineyards and trees which you did not plant and when you eat and drink and you are satisfied then beware lest you forget god beware that you do not forget god remembrance as a warning and thirdly remembrance as a warning with consequences deuteronomy 8 verses 11 and 14 <clears throat> beware that you do not forget verse 8 sorry verse 11 and verse 14 if you forget you will perish verse 14 if you do forget your heart will become proud the the consequences of not remembering the goodness of god is pride and destruction each of us is blessed by god if we had gotten what we deserve we wouldn't be here today if god didn't protect us in that situation if he hadn't delivered us out of that situation we wouldn't be here today he preserved us and walked us through it and so if he says don't you forget we better not forget now coming back to the story the israelites after crossing the jordan camped at a place called gilgal it was in this place gilgal that the 12 men set up a memorial with the stones that they brought out of jordan the story is is taken from joshua chapter 3 and 4 so we will read joshua 4 verses 21 and 22 after they set up a memorial when your children ask you what are these stones 
then you shall let your children know saying israel crossed over this jordan on dry land for the lord our god dried up the waters before us until we crossed over you know when you gather these stones when you have these stories when you when you come when you reached a stage in life where you think you've done it on your own god will send people who will ask you a question what do these stones mean what do these stones mean how did you get there even your own family will ask you how did you do this how did you do that what did you do that you are here and you and i are to answer it is the lord our god it is the lord our god shall we pray heavenly father we want to thank you for your love that lord is beyond our understanding thank you lord that it's because of your love that lord you sent your son jesus to die on the cross for us and lord you've given us your path to eternal life lord thank you for demonstrating that love father uh, love creates memories and uh, lord you've done so many things for us lord you have placed us in places lord you've got us out of situations the very fact that we are here right now is because of you the very fact that we've seen this year through is because of you lord we pray lord that we will never forget your goodness in our lives and not only that father that we will always remember and use every opportunity to share what you've done in our lives and lord may you come through in us and lord may may we shine you wherever we are placed may we truly be the salt and light of the earth father please lead us and guide us true to true today and the rest of this week for we pray in jesus most precious name amen